How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? Yeah. It's a yeah, yeah. day. Hmm. I'm sorry. Kind of slow. Not too bad, though. How about you? It's going faster than I anticipated. Like... I hit the start recording button and then it immediately jumped into the recording and I should have expected that because we're using a different platform, but I wasn't ready for it. So I still kind of like froze like a deer in the headlights and then like a deer in the headlights jumped in front of the podcast, um, went through the intro, but that's my joke intro. Actual answer is I'm a little bit tired. Uh, <laughs> I had a long, uh, shift for work yesterday where there was like an issue and I was like I can either put this on my team or just kind of freaking work on it and I never get to touch development work so um I just volunteered to work on it and was working on it till like midnight Uh, but it was fun I got it done and now I'll run so the dream What's crazy to me is you're like, I opted in for work, and then I worked until midnight, and I'm like, this is a terrible idea. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like, you know how if you haven't, like, done anything really in a particular space for a while, because it's not like I don't do anything. Hey, hey, close to home, close to home. (laughs) But, like, if you haven't touched a particular project, in this case, like, development work is very different from, like management type work right like i don't get to open visual studio most days not because i'm like disallowed to but because there's no reason for me to Um, oh no but i got to do that on like for a completely new project it was just very open-ended kind of like a one-off sort of hacky thing and uh i mean my my opinion of this would have been completely different if i worked till midnight and it wasn't done but I got it working, and so I'm like, yeah, success. Um, I wouldn't want to do that all the time. No. It does feel good to pick up a thing, especially if you're not the most comfortable with it, and then see it through to the end, and you're like, aha, I can still do things. Yes, exactly. I still got it. Yeah. Um, so the pay- price I pay for that, was uh, I was a bit tired today. Um, it's it's kind of funny actually because it's not even that I went to sleep later because of that but if you work late I find that you, I just get tired right it's not even like construction work I'm not building like no houses. it's just your brain kind of stops at a point like hey mm-hmm. I'm good which is yeah. why typically when you get home you're like oh I'm going to unwind have dinner kick up your legs on the dog or and just like watch mm-hmm. something you know yeah mm-hmm. but i think your body is just typically expecting that so going past that uh, b- back in the day when we had like later things you're like oh caffeine though this will help drive me up the hill yes i was actually pretty caffeinated yesterday too i had my my, my standard coffee and then i got a uh, not a refresher one of the whips from sheets which is like um it, it's it's kind of like a cold brew plus some flurry of flavor or something like that. I'm not sure exactly, but it's pretty much like an iced coffee. Easiest way to think about it. Um, got like banana flavor, like some peanut butter. Just in case Dave tried to try any of it, he would die immediately, instantly. 
Um, you know me, always going around to steal people's iced coffees, <laughs> kick, kicking in my Ugg boots. Uh huh. That's why it's hard for me to chase after people to steal their iced coffees because I'm not as agile or mobile mm-hmm. in the Ugg boots. Right. Scrum. I can't say I've tried their coffees though. Some of them oh, are pretty I, good. Yeah. I will. Okay. I'm gonna clarify. I don't really have standards for most things. <laughs> but sorry, no, your your argument's now gone. <laughs> You're so, like, so, listen, I've never done any research on the subject, but and like now I have to be that just discontinue everything you're about to say. Uh huh. Y- you enjoy no, how they, they taste, though. I, I do like them, and they have they have some that are more on the coffee side. Like, I'm not saying this is going to compete with any sort of hipster brand, whatever. Like the stuff you got me for my birthday. Like, it's not going to taste good like coffee like that. But they had, um, uh, they have like a, uh, essentially like a Red Bull fusion thing where it's just like a Red Bull plus some like some fruit juice or whatever the crap. They put it together, mix it, and it's like delicious. Um, so on the energy side, they have that. And they also have like nitro coffee. Um, so a little bit, it's not. I have to I have to remind myself it's not nitrous nitrous oxide it's nitrogen but nitrogen mm-hmm. makes coffee which if you've never tried it like nitrogen coffee is delicious it is the smoothest nonsense I mean I I agree that it tastes good um from my experience at Cheats though I feel like a lot of their stuff is haphazardly putting like in your case like a can of Red Bull some fruit juice some ice maybe some extra sugar and then charging you like five bucks for it and i'm like i mean that i don't get as much out of it i'd rather just buy the energy drink that has all of those same ingredients in it anyway and then i have a cool can (laughs) that's true but like that also is just the price of red bull now right so it's Mm -hmm. around the same the same (laughs) i wish Um, it was cheaper but thankfully like my caffeine intake ability has definitely gone down because mm-hmm. I can have like maybe 100 grams and then my throat starts to get like a little bit scratchy or I get like a little bit twitchy. I'm like, oh no, I've had yeah. too much of a substance, which was, has never been a problem. <laughs> right. Yeah. Never, never met anyone as straight edges, Dave. Um, I Who told you I was straight? <laughs> <laughs> or at least it was the term in the 90s. Um, yeah, and in our high school, we used it very much when I was growing up. Um, and a Christian youth, I was straight edge. People were like, oh, that's cool. I respect that. Uh huh. I'm yeah. like, okay, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like when you're playing a game and you get titles, and it's like the first title you get. <laughs> you're just like, well, I'm g- I guess I'm glad I have one. But it also doesn't really describe anything, right? Like, <laughs> like, whatever. It's not like it's an achievement to not do drugs at a certain phase in your life, right? Like, I was homeschooled. So if I was called straight edge, that's not an accomplishment. Like, the impressive thing would have been if I did have drugs and I was able to obtain them in any way. <laughs> I was high in class all the time. Teacher had no idea. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, but no, their stuff's, their stuff's okay. I would, I would definitely give it a shot, but similar, similar situation. I usually tap out at like two coffees these days. Um, and I do have decaf 
not I was gonna say on tap, but I can't use that phrase for things that could actually be on tap plausibly. I have it accessible uh, and not too far away. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And I D, decaf kind of tastes like sadness, but it also like fills the the habit of drinking coffee, and that's the reason to do it. It's like, oh, I, I want a warm beverage. Coffee sounds really good. It's 7 p.m. There's a really bad decision I could make right now, or I could have decaf or tea, right? See, I think you're one of those people who, like, when they first made Diet Coke, you're like, well, it's Diet Coke, and this is still when the recipe tasted like ass, and you're like, no, 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 it's the same because it's close enough, and I'm like, mm-mm, no. <laughs> I need it to be as close as possible like with uh, the current recipe of coke zero as far as my mind remembers that is coke but it doesn't yeah. actively feel like my teeth are falling out um but if it got to the point where it's just like hey like diet mountain dew i don't know if they've ever improved on it is always just sucked ass as far as i'm aware mm-hmm. i just won't drink that right i'd rather have something else that i do enjoy whether that be tea or I do enjoy things besides tea, right? What do I have that doesn't no, have caffeine? It was <laughs> water? Do you drink? No, water you don't drink water. Nah, yeah. Occasionally. I don't know if you've refer- reformed, but I remember some years back that was literally the case. You're like talking about beverages and stuff like that. You're like, I would grab something. And it's just like water was never on the table. It was never an option. You yeah. were just going to drink yeah. water. You would like it get was water always through something else. Yeah. Um. Which is kind of funny. If the ice would Health, melt, if I open my too. mouth in the shower. Yeah. yeah disgusting. I do make an effort more so now. Yeah. Like, I do have water uh, on the table next to me. Like, if I go to the gym, I will put water in it, mainly because putting a carbonated beverage in a sealed container, mm-hmm. not the best. Um, no. But yeah, I just, I haven't had milk in so many years. I mean, that's normal. No one, and no one I, drinks milk anymore. Ju- juice? Eh? It's expensive. Full of calories. It yeah. tastes good. But, like... And we're just going to be... We're, this is beverage elimination round, basically. Because, like... Milk is pointless. As an adult, it's like... I mean, I say that. I'm saying traditional dairy milk. It's like... those. That's for babies. Right? Just put the baby up against the cow. <laughs> um... But no, I mean, like, if God wanted us to drink milk, he would not have us be lactose intolerant if you just stopped drinking it for, like, a day. <laughs> then your body loses the ability to process it. <laughs> not my it's actual like, argument, by the it's way. It's like but. leaving the church. Oh, are you leaving? No, no, no. You're excommunicated. You can never come back. Uh-huh. You've had your yeah. chance and you blew it, buster. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably I like, where I'm at. I haven't actively tried testing having a lot of dairy. Mm-hmm. I'll still have cheese with stuff, but... I mean, I'd never like to think like when I really just have cheese. I could be deathly allergic to cheese, and that would the only thing that would inform is how I die. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. A grilled cheese. I'm told there's bread somewhere in this. <laughs> 30 oh, layers of stacks, American singles. Tomato bisque. I will say that I'm slightly, if I do have standards in anything, cheese food product is is the line, <laughs> and like American singles and stuff like that. Because when we got a um, 
bulk uh, retail card thing. I, mean, I don't know why I'm not disclaiming Sam's Club. When we started going to Sam's Club, I was like, oh, I can just buy a bunch of whatever. So I bought like a bunch of hot dogs that mostly worked out. Eventually hot dogs get like a little bit slimy and crap. And I'm like, yeah, I don't actually like this anymore. Um, but cheese, I can buy a bunch of cheese. That's not risk going bad. I ate tons of cheese. So I got like the singles. And if you have like pre-sliced cheddar, that's fine. But the, like any of the craft stuff, that's basically just solidified cheese whiz. Like, I just, I was like, this just doesn't taste good anymore. I, I used to think this was awesome as a kid. I don't even, don't even like it. It's really the difference of just trying anything else and then realizing that what you were used to is shit. Yeah. In the same way, I grew up on Easy Mac. And I'm like, yeah, Easy Mac. It's easy. And it's macaroni and cheese. What could be better? And then in later years, at some point of being an adult, I'm like, oh, let me make some. There's no, there's no milk in this. It's it's cheese powder, water, and the noodles, and you just put it in the microwave. I'm like, how can yeah. that possibly be good? And I tried. I'm like, oh, it's not. Oh, it's uh-huh. not. I would rather do cheese whiz on any type of baked something like a bagel. Or like some toast. Sure. I'm like, I know it's a fake cheese product, a, but I can like lean into it. It's a topping it. then. Yeah. Yes, pretty much. It's a spread. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. But like with the singles, if I have to like peel it open, like I ordered a Pokemon card from Amazon, like, <laughs> yeah. no, that's not good cheese. And right. if I have to, like, I do like some of the pre-sliced, um, honestly, the best stuff, like you just get a wedge of cheese and then you fresh shave it and it's just, mwah. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. if I make homemade mac and cheese, I end up spending way too much money on just the cheese part. And, like, the noodles is like $2. Uh huh. But I have to have, you know, like four different types of cheese and they have to be fancy. And then, like, each one are like 10 bucks. And then I've spent $50 on a tray of cheese noodles for myself. And I'm like, why? Yeah, it can, it can definitely add up. Cheese is cheese is a place where like I was saying I, I have that lower bound. I don't want to eat this, but I also am very cognizant that I never want to breach the upper bound of what's available for cheese. It's like it can get very expensive. There's very fancy things. It's a food. My philosophy is that if I'm going to spend a lot of money on something, it should persist like at least a little while and just based off prior experiences, I've never had that relationship with food. If it's near me, it ceases to exist rapidly. Um, so I say that, but it's kind of expensive now. <laughs> you got to eat it slow. There is yeah. like a certain joy though in, like I like going out every so often. Like mm-hmm. if I could do it like exactly once a week, like oh it's Friday night, let's go out and grab dinner somewhere. And you don't have to worry about anything. You like grab a nice drink, have a nice meal cooked for you. Maybe you try something new, and like you have that experience. You just put all that out there, spend the money, sink the time. And you're like, oh, that was nice, nice treat. At the same time, I can also like eat cold beef roni from a can. Like, right? Yeah, there is mm-hmm. the difference. But like, I really like the going out and doing something special. But because it is expensive, it does not happen super frequently. But do yeah, you I mean, like that, or is that for you like a 
you feel I'm the not, weight of like, oh, this is I could be doing this cheaper at home and get the same oh, no. sustenance. I don't, I don't generally think that way. Um, it's funnier to just kind of be like the poor college freshman like meme character that just eats ramen and like eventually discovered you could add an egg to it but <laughs> like that's uh I, I i don't eat like that that often um it helps being married because like mango actually she'll make good healthy home-cooked food sometimes and i'm like mm-hmm this is nice that this just immediately magically exists and nothing happened prior to this. It just exists in front of me. I can acknowledge it. Um, I'm just like, this tastes really good. I I should stop like ordering fast food or whatever the crap. Um, But to your question, I like it occasionally. I think it's nice. I I, I put most more of the influence or more of the, the weight on the social aspect, right? If we go to like a nice place and it's a social thing, then the social interactions are subsidizing the cost of the food (laughs) for the record for the record anytime you hang out with people it is a social thing every single time like there's never a time Uh, where i'd go out to like damn people be like listen uh keep keep the chatter down to a minimum thanks i'm trying to focus on my food uh, here (laughs) right right i'm just saying like it's if you were to itemize the evening um just base and then also kind of compare that in your spreadsheet to like what you got from it i would say like the i'm I'm paying for food i'm paying for drinks whatever the crap um and uh it's worth it because i'm there with friends now if i were to go there on my own it would be complete i would absolutely think it's a waste of money and time um but that's just where i'm at I understand. If you're in a higher financial bracket than me too, maybe that's not the case for you, right? Um, but I st- still think that relatively it scales. Everybody has something where they think it's cheap and something where they think it's expensive. So yeah, you mentioned I mean, something. I though. think everybody's with you there. What did I mention? You mentioned something I can use to segue off of. And what you mentioned was a couple minutes ago, I think, or I mean, I don't know, time is relative geologically a short time ago you mentioned peeling a card off of uh amazon like a a, 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 you've ordered a card on amazon Mm -hmm. um and this made me think of both friend of the show and special guest uh mike who posted to discord recently a story about a certain magic the gathering card did you read this this story did you read this? You see this? You hear about this? <laughs> What's the deal with him? Does, does anybody else? Does anyone else? I did not um, see the latest update, uh, but I am aware of the situation. Okay, gotcha. Well, let me let me lay the groundwork a little bit then. Um, because we talked about this a little bit. I think we talked about perhaps the Lord. I don't know if we were recording at the time, but we usually are. NSA loves us. Um, but... Uh, Magic the Gathering is doing a limited print of Lord of the Rings special cards because they're doing crossovers with everyone right now. I think like literally everyone. They had Godzilla at some point. Um, They've done a bunch of other weird ones. Uh, But in particular, there's one that's printed in black speech, which is the speech of Mordor that was not racist. It was the speech of Mordor um, of the One Ring. And they're printing exactly one of this card 
So it's like 001 out of 001, right? That's what's on the card. Um, or at least in collector's information for it. And someone had a bounty out. He's like, hey, I will give anyone who finds this $100,000 if they sell me the card for that amount and they don't post publicly that they found it first, basically. So someone's just trying to, you know, saw around essentially the situation up. Uh, but they had a revised update, which I thought was excellent and even better and a little bit less anti-capitalist, which was uh, rather than that, rather than the $100,000, if you find the card, I will give you $50,000. So not a strong open, but I will get us both out to a volcano and we can throw it in the volcano together, which I think is great. Yeah, I like that last bit more so. Um, mainly because it's, again, in the in the spirit of the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. And also, I hate the idea. Like, for theming, I get it. Haha, very cool. But I do not like the idea for a trading card game. I was talking about this with Demooch at the gym for, like, 40 minutes uh, yeah. yesterday. So, I really hate the idea of you can just, oh, I have a cardboard thing. Okay. But I have like 200 of them. Okay. And it's a game. Okay. And now it's popularized. What? And now now that person makes billions of dollars. And you can just print anything else with it and it just generates money, right? So let's say it's just economically successful, like once it takes off, and you really can do no wrong. You just print a new set, fucking go bananas, right? And then you're like, hey, uh, what if, you know, we did that whole supply versus demand, but we only made the supply one. Do you Uh think the demand would go up? Yeah, you dumb bitch. Of course it's going to. (laughs) So it's going to skyrocket in value. I don't think Wizards directly benefits from that, but like they can, again, just do the same thing in a fucking month or a year. Yeah. Uh, And Mm -hmm. I just hate that it's upsetting the the Magic the Gathering economy versus Mm -hmm. usually what drives up the price of cards outside of like limited supply and demand is the demand really goes up when certain formats are certain cards are legal in the most played formats mm-hmm. like modern so yeah those things can go up and a lot of those cards are old or not printed anymore that makes sense that's usually how things work in trading card games but just having a one of one you're like huh? yes because the person who offered 100k and is like ps don't tell anybody about this so it'll be our little secret uh-huh. Why do you think he's doing that? Because 100K is wildly undervaluing the card. Because there's only one. Well, there there was a there was a clause there. I want to give want to give him credit. He's like 100K or I'll beat an offer by another reputable person who wants to get it. So if someone else is doing the eBay thing and they're like plus one dollar or whatever, he's like I'll beat whatever their price is as long as it's someone who's recognized and reputable within the community so that you can't get one of your friends. You you, you got the card. Say, I got the card. Yeah, and I called up Dave and I was like, Dave, raise the value. offer me $10 million for this because we could get $10 million and $1, which I will then split 50-50 <laughs> when yeah. we go over to this guy. <laughs> which um, I don't know why we haven't sold more things online more often. That'd be a great idea. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's been a strong outcry for merch, um, but we're resisting. It's inner strength on our part. You um, think it's going to be something nice like t-shirts, but it's primarily thongs, and it's really hard to get mm-hmm. a lot of text on that. Yeah. 
just for men men's thongs that's the only thing um yeah i think i think part of it is the psychology of it's kind of funny to see outrage in this right because it is also just literally it's just the way magic kind of works in general right like there's cards with higher rarity and there's like one what like one mythic per pack or something like that a guaranteed rare is that what it is every pack of any trading card thing ever will always have at least a rare or better yeah Mm -hmm. and so like some of that already exists just not to this extent right like if you got a pack you probably wouldn't get the rare card that you wanted but you could but you might get you Mm -hmm. would always get a rare card but if you wanted one particular card you might need to buy a lot of packs you know might need to buy a booster box or something like that i don't know what the the ratio is it probably depends on the set but um it was always like a little bit further than what you probably wanted to spend at one time on your on your uh, your card game um but this is like that but so far out in left field right it's like highlighted to the extreme there's only literally one of these cards if you want to get this card you got to be out there like charlie and Willy Wonka, like, eating candy bars ASAP, right? Like, your uncle is fake sick. He's actually fine. He's going to hop out of bed when he should have been providing for the family for years. But he doesn't want to, so he's pretending to be sick. And if you don't yeah, get that Joe's, one ring charge... kind of an asshole. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a well-established fact. Um, but it reminds me a lot of... Uh, kind of the gotcha mechanics and loot boxes actually which i don't think was what wizards really wanted the association to be made right i get why they did it right there's a thematic reason that there should be one of this card but they also know in the background there's going to be a subsection of the population that spends more than they otherwise would have because they're like what if i get it right well it's not like it's it's the only one of that kind so like Mm -hmm. the one ring is a card that's in being printed as a part of that set it's not Mm -hmm. the only copy of that card for what it does mechanically and how the text is printed but for the one that has the black text as jake jake put it black speech um, you have to say it like that oh because that's the proper noun (laughs) so for the card that has black twitter on it it's (laughs) even styled differently art art wise like there's Mm -hmm. like some burning gold like that's the only one of its kind yeah but there are other ones of that right but still the whole situation just feels mm. it's it's not an easy problem to solve to devil's advocate for a second because you know the devil needs it um because like it's such it is a really cool idea but I think you'd have to be naive to say that Blizzard hasn't... Blizzard. (laughs) Oof. Wizards. Ooh, ooh, topic (laughs) jumping. (laughs) Wizards haven't factored in that, like, more people might buy the set because they're excited to get the one of. Um, And so if it was unacceptable in other sets, what about this makes it more acceptable, right? This is literally how loot boxes ended up getting banned in other countries that ended up banning them by the way was like literally the fear of missing out literally the pursuit of something that probably you're not going to get if that jump is too far 
it becomes psychologically dangerous. It can become something that people spend more money on than they should or that they even really want to because of like addiction disorder and things like that. So yeah, look at any video game that has uh, cosmetics. I played CSGO recently. I'm sad that I did. I was just <laughs> playing with people for like 20 minutes before I'm like, fuck this. Uh, but even in that, it's like there's so much stuff with the, I don't want to say loot boxes, like the gun cases and what you can get out of it and or how much money some of those things go for. Again, just for the possibility of, hey, it could have this in it, which is mm-hmm. just something that's highly rated or appraised. Um, but yeah, like if if you need that to push your game, your game sucks. Overwatch. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it should be able to stand on its own legs and not need to have microtransactions to carry it. I say the same thing for Dota as well. Like it has stuff for the battle pass every time. They'll have here's your little treasure trove. You can get possibly get these skins. Um, mm. And if you get them like for free, cool, awesome, love it. But if you're spending like 25 50 bucks on something just for again what is basically just a file or a skin asset in a video game that's really what it boils down to just a single file or a flag that gets flipped and you're like i get enjoyment out of this i guess like it yeah i'm a i'm a little bit less attached to the idea of like whether it's digital or not i think that kind of doesn't matter right because it's whether you spend time with it or not right if i ground if i spend a lot of resources or money or whatever the crap time to get something that i never use or see in a game then obviously it's kind of a waste but um i mean if i bought a really nice expensive magic deck it would be an equivalent waste to me because i wouldn't use it at all like like Mm -hmm. unless i actually used it right if i made that jump then yes it's more valuable but um it is yeah it's not easy because like companies do need to make money too but i just don't think they need to make money on the tier of this ever increasing we must have profitability above all else that they're pursuing yeah i think another thing with wizards right now is like they're actively i think coming up with sets way faster than i remember in the past because like i was playing Mm -hmm. phyrexia in magic the gathering was like oh cool they have a new thing yada yada and like two months passed, and they're like, are you ready for the next set? I'm like, what happened? There used to be uh-huh. like two or three a year, and it just feels like it keeps ticking up. Yeah, But it is I funny think... how like I can make this judgment on loot boxes and gambling, but in other areas, like I do not care about monetary value of things. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah. But I guess that's like me, me exercising my right to decide on this is like I don't care if I'm losing money in this or I don't care if I'm spending money on this because mm-hmm. I have the option versus somebody kind of being a predator towards a consumer saying wouldn't you like this stuff right oh, opens part of a cloak uh-huh. not cloak uh, Jesus the trench coat trench coat Gee. how are we losing these words I don't know uh huh no, I know what you're talking about. I actually read, I, we can switch to the next, next topic soon, but I read an article or a quip or someone had a thought and somehow I got it about um, 
how it feels like magic is releasing all of these things it might have been a kotaku article um but like in reality the main sets that they're releasing is actually not that extensive it's still basically like four core sets a year and it has been for like forever but what they're doing is they're doing a lot of promotions and they're marketing around those promotions a lot so um there was actually like fatigue in the community among like content creators and people like that who are like we're not really sure what to cover because like it seems like you guys are constantly pushing something all the time upcoming all of this like and we don't know what the importance is about all of this um so in the past when maybe you had a friend who could call you up and be like oh my gosh there's a new thing at the store like different scenario compared to they have your email address and they will use it right so maybe a side effect of the always on system but yeah I, there doesn't need to be as much as there is again i feel like it's a bit of capitalism chasing the dragon or it's just always we have to be producing something so that people can mm-hmm. constantly consume dude chill like let me catch up on some things from time to time i don't know maybe you got a show you want to watch something you want to play maybe you have dinner yeah. plans with like family like you got to balance it so it sucks to be like i'm always constantly missing out because there's never they're never stopping the generation yeah right it's like you know there's someone in a board meeting that's just like we only have captured uh the engagement of our player base for eight hours a day how do we improve upon these dismal numbers right <laughs> like the reality is variety is better um i wanted to mention in particular another piece of news that i heard recently um from someone close to the podcast apparently vampire survivors won a bafta yeah that was me okay cool it was me i said it because it's true <laughs> i uh I watched it happen. I was on Discord with some people, and they were streaming it because um, they had a Twitch stream for the BAFTA Game Awards. I only caught part of it, but their their winner for Game of the Year was Vampire Survivors, which I thought was funny because yeah. if you remember the other one, it was like Elden Ring versus, versus God of War. Just yeah. God of War. And like, those were really the mm-hmm. only big two. Now, to be fair, like they were also nominees but mm-hmm. also for the record uh god of war also did uh win some awards christopher judge won for performance and you know went up on stage again and it's exactly <laughs> as you would have expected uh, <laughs> so oh, it's it fun to meme on that that's pretty great this relates to the previous though in that like vampire survivors like we covered on our previous episode which obviously you've all listened to as radicalized podcast listeners uh creator for vampire survivors just didn't care really about making more money because he's like i mean it's it's priced where it should be and i was thinking about this recently where like on one hand you've got people like i don't know if it was ubisoft or square enix so i I can't i don't want to point the finger at one of them in particular they're both big enough they can take it though both of these companies maybe we're trying to push for like having $70 price tags on games. And this is something we talked about for a while. And the common counter argument mm-hmm. is like, I mean, games were like $50 for like forever. If you factor in inflation, they 
really should be costing more money. The reality is games are huge. Tons of people play games. If 100,000 people played, what's a game that came out a long time ago? Uh, Doom. That was amazing when it launched, right? That would have like shattered the world. If 100,000 people play Call of Duty, it's a dismal fit. Like the company collapses somehow. Like their families are shot. Like it's it's very desperate if it comes to that. It's in the contract. There's nothing you can do. But like they're making money hand over fist. So going to Vampire Survivors, he kept the price low. More people will get the game because that's what he wants, right? He has a, pa- uh, a, fashion, a fashion project. <laughs> that too. Passion project. Um... And knows that if he made this a $50 game, maybe he'd make more money. But people wouldn't play it nearly as much. So You could definitely raise the price to say, hey, this is a $10 game. And people would be like, yeah, it was worth it. Yeah. So the fact that he made it as cheap as he did. Um, it's a Red Bull. Good on him, honestly. <laughs> the price of one Red one. <laughs> whips <laughs> sheets <laughs> yeah. about the sheets tonight no i'm playing vampire survivors <laughs> uh-huh i just guarantee you that's not something that comes up in these meetings when people are like hey could we charge a little bit less for this i think more people would play the game if we charged a little bit less someone's got a spreadsheet that's just like no we make fewer dollars bad that is an evil that is an evil thing you are suggesting <laughs> and a moral failing that you suggested it um, as as a, a previous proponent of cutco knives um hmm. and just anytime you just interact with people you really see the the weight of i don't say brand loyalty of a consumer but like we have discussions on discord a lot about what people are going to check out, people are going to play versus like, oh, I'm going to avoid it for these reasons or something happened with the company or like somebody's a piece of shit. Like all of these things factor in for what people are going to choose to consume and enjoy. So if mm-hmm. it is like a cheaper price point and like they're nice to the community, like they respond to community feedback and they have that whole thing jiving. Okay, awesome. You're going to do really well in the indie space. Yeah. Uh, and it's a lot of good marketing is really just word of mouth because i can Mm -hmm. see an article i can be linked to youtube video but what i trust most is the opinion of other people i know who play video games and they know what i like which Mm -hmm. is why when anybody says like hey dave i think you'd really like this that's what i'm like oh this is truly now an evaluation because right it's from the the most trusted of sources i'm now getting this okay therefore i'll check it out yeah exactly it's it's (laughs) <laughs> what some people had in reviewers a while back but there's not that many reviewers and if it is a reviewer now it's probably an individual instead of the institution they work for this kind of like trusted take because um, I used to have that some years back I had uh, Kevin Van Ord for um, games, GameStop GameStop no GameSpot GameSpot was that unfortunately those two names are very close but um, I think he works for Giant Bomb or somewhere else now, but it was just like he loved the type of games I loved, and he was really he would really dig into things that I also found issue with. Um, but that's not really a thing anymore. Now it's more like, like you said, Dave suggests the game for me. I'm like, 
they've never suggested games for me this probably means something someone else suggests a game for me and they're like this is akin to common cultural cornerstone that like makes up my identity in gaming and i'm like yeah yeah i'm probably gonna check that out then right so wait did you just say that you didn't value my opinion versus somebody else's is that how i should take that no the what i intended to say if i didn't say it was if dave says play this game i know that it already carries a lot of weight because you don't suggest that many games if Uh, someone else suggests play the game i might be like uh maybe i'll get to it whatever unless they're like hey here's a comparison to something that i know like if someone was like pray too it's a lot like pray i would be like i've quit my job um <laughs> I've, I've bought the game <laughs> <laughs> maybe not that not that dramatic but i'm doing my best not to recommend to you marvel snap i have already had one person talk to me about it but they weren't in that that inner list of like this is a game you absolutely need to check out and here's something that it's correlated to um but i've heard really good things about it i've watched some people play it it's not something for me um mm-hmm. but i know you both you and i and some other people really enjoy the oh i understand what the the overall thing is okay mm-hmm. let my mind just go into like this place of strategization mm-hmm. where you're just thinking the of strategy like certain deck lines um stratosphere Sorry, there's a way to make a joke out of that. I failed. Go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, if you like to theory craft and think about the possibilities of interactions and decks you can build, it's another outlet for that, basically. And yeah. it seems pretty streamlined for it's not hard to pick up. Um, but I really just, I don't give two fucks about it. It's not in my, right. my not my wheelhouse. Yeah. Do you know what is my wheelhouse, will- though? I was going to note just real fast. Great, yeah. great. Uh, I'm going to give you points for the self uh, segue. But Ben Brode was the director, I believe, at the very top, basically, for Hearthstone. He also worked on Marvel Snap. And that was yes. during, like, the uh, the golden years for Hearthstone before all this stuff with Blizzard. But, uh, yeah, I just thought that was funny. Yeah, segue every time that he does... <laughs> game stuff like that it's typically received pretty well uh, i think mm-hmm. he really gives a fuck about that space and his work in that yeah so yeah what check it out it might be might be somebody's thing um but i was gonna say you know what i am a fan of huh diablo 2 <laughs> that's fair have you played the remaster no that's i fair. did try the diablo 4 beta though <laughs> mm-hmm basically the same game it's not it's really not <laughs> it's 100 percent not um, um do you do you want to gush or be critical first um maybe maybe open with gush or at least high level um i'll let you go first though because i i have my own opinions about all of it and they should be tempered by something in reality which i'm sure you can provide my, my face that never holds a smile because it's covered by a mustache um <laughs> i will have the darker approach uh, okay. but i did check it out uh at both your and dan's recommendation mm-hmm. um i had some plans that we can so i get to spend as much time but they're like hey check it out it's free 
I was like, okay. So I installed it, uh, played a little bit, thought it was very pretty, uh, as we also saw from those trailers, pretty much the same there. I had some trouble running it on my machine. I'm not sure if it's latency or just, I'm sure there was also a graphical component for it. It's very hard for me to run videos in 4K on YouTube. <laughs> um, but I played the Necromancer class, uh, explored around a little bit for maybe two, three hours. Um, I thought it was good, question mark. Yeah. Like, I enjoyed it enough, but it, I was not enthralled by it. That's fair. Like, it definitely feels better than Diablo 3, uh, but it still mm-hmm. feels a little too streamlined for me now maybe i didn't get to play around with enough of the builds as much or some of the gear um Mm. again i just i don't give a fuck about the story in a lot of these games i did follow along with it thought it was more interesting than normal but still not really my jam so it's mainly just am i gonna go around with my skellies just holding and left click on something um also was not super crazy about the skill tree so far yeah i have i have my own opinions on that one too um but i I will hard step on my uh opinions okay if you see the rest of your time uh, i see here that you had another (laughs) 15 minutes to talk about (laughs) (laughs) i will take those 15 minutes out of mine um so i really enjoy the game um i think i'm probably I, with some contingencies, I'm likely to pick it up on launch. Those contingencies are, they do need to fix the performance. Um, I'm pretty sure it's just because of the quantity of people that were playing this weekend, but why would that be different than if the game had launched? Like, are they going to have better hardware, something like that? that I need some sort of justification for why that's not going to be mm-hmm. the case. Because the network issues over the weekend, did they did negatively impact the experience. And if you got kicked out, you might see you know a 30 minute login queue if you had to jump back in um that's See, not really i, I want to make a correlation if somebody's listening who for some reason listens but doesn't follow video games they're like i don't understand what jake's talking about or why he's being so like nitpicky mm-hmm. do you remember the one time that like your one relative wanted to host thanksgiving so they tried it one year and then it didn't necessarily go so great turkey was a little bit overcooked and then they never went back to that person's house for thanksgiving that's the same fucking thing uh Mm -hmm. basically it's just hey uh what you do on launch i mean granted there's like a little bit of a buffer of obviously not everything is up to up to snuff they could just be adding more servers but i feel like they should announce stuff like that because a lot of people say oh this is what the experience will be and then just close the book and to mutate your analogy a little bit, I'm going to give them even less credit. Like, it's like they have been hosting Thanksgiving year after year after year for a long time. Like, they really have no excuses to have server issues over the weekend. Like, it's Blizzard. It's Activision Blizzard. Like, they are made of money. If this is a problem that could be solved with money and it is not solved it's because they have not spent the money right like there you can logically deduce that um and maybe they didn't expect that many people maybe whatever but no no yeah it was it was a bad experience i'm tired of that shit argument for things because so many games on launch or like in the beta weekend like oh we weren't expecting so many people Uh, really yeah really 
it's Diablo, right? Like, and I think they expected or they wanted it to be huge. So, I I don't I wouldn't even give them that as an excuse. I would just say if they try to use that, I'm of a similar opinion. Um, that's not accurate. Fix it, make it right. That's your job. Um, as a, a company, uh, that's the biggest one. That that's actually the biggest downside for me was just like there were times where I was if you were in a public space where there's other players or it's there aren't players around you but it is clearly shared instance which is something they're doing with this game like the game just chugged and it took you out of it it was less fun you could get some rubber banding i thought very seriously at one point i was very glad i was not playing a hardcore character because <laughs> um, that would be miserable right no one wants to lose a character to lag um, but that's the whole caveat. If that part is fixed and I really hope it is, cause if not, then like shower fives, fours, threes, whatever the crap you want at the game. Cause this is functional gameplay, right? This is compared to like, if it was a single player game, this would not be a problem. You should have made it a single player game. That's what people are going to say if it chugs like this at launch and they're not going to be wrong. Um, so Anyways, all of that being said, to the game itself, uh, I like the classes. There's a pretty good, uh, diverse spread. I also played Necromancer. I didn't try any others, but I got all the way through the um, the beta had Act 1 available. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, once you reach the end, you can still farm, you can do whatever you want, but you, you're you not going to Act 2. <laughs> we don't do that here. <laughs> um, I like the story a lot more than 3. Um I what? don't no remember. Way. <laughs> I don't remember that much about three, except for spoilers for three. Nobody cares. Like Belial was in disguise as a kid. That's it. That's all I've got. Um, and then there's a primeval at the end. Um, this one like has a lot more kind of character, uh, like interesting characters, things going on, and the world is darker. It seemed like in 3, it's very much like the forces of light, the forces of evil, clash, 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 clash. And in Diablo 4, like, there are a lot of people where it's like, I think they're a good guy. And they're like, eh, not so much, not so much. A little bit of Lilith in there, just a little bit. It's it's all nuanced. I will say I'm not probably just because it's been done before enough times and i've just seen it i don't think it's bad for like where the story is but it's very much uh hey wouldn't it feel good to be bad and people are like yeah and it's like just appealing to human nature um well i i don't think you play as a bad a bad guy in this though you're always pretty much on the side of the forces of light yeah but i mean like for a lot of the character interactions that people have with evil characters like hey mm-hmm. would you like knowledge forbidden knowledge you're like that does sound pretty fucking cool and then like they uh-huh. go off and do something fucked up or um there was like a scene where like lilith comes into a church and she just mm-hmm. talks to people in the church after the it's priest cool was scene. admonishing people for sinning and this then is a cut scene yeah then they just murder him mm-hmm. and you don't know the full backstory of the people maybe it was built up and justified in a certain way or it's mm-hmm. at least believed to be but it just feels very okay she's just going around corrupting people yeah i so i will say later in the act so this is actually lilith um 
is one of the most... I don't know if sympathetic is the right word, but, like, humanized evils of, like, any of the um, prime evils or... I can't remember the term for the lesser ones, like Andariel and uh, Belial and all of those, but um, they're all, like, comic book evil for the most part. Um, yes. And Lilith actually has a couple scenes where she's just, like not she doesn't cry or anything like that she's a tremendously powerful like she's she's set up to be like diablo strength basically for this um but uh she's like very explicitly not using her disciples just as fuel to add to, she's not like the orphan burning machine right <laughs> you're just yeah. doing this um like some of them are just they're, they're all disposable to her she is evil i'm not like a lilith apologist um but she doesn't lay it out that way exactly and in some cases like she also just doesn't throw her people away if it's completely needless right she'll use them if the reward is better but uh she's more empathetic empathetic in her dealings with humans um and part of that is because like this isn't spoilers this is the backstory since diablo 2 i think um like lilith and um freaking angel i can't remember his name oh my gosh this is gonna Which kill me angel? Like material not no it's the uh the, when um sanctuary the was created one? It was Lilith and I think it's Anarius. I think it's his name. Yeah. They created the world, basically. And so all of the Nephilim and then the people who eventually became like humans, all of them, those are the offspring of Lilith and Anarius in Diablo lore. That's where humanity came from. Oh. And Nef yeah. They, they borrowed some of that from the Bible, the Nephilim idea of, you know, humans and demons procreating and that's where the giants came from and things like that but um yeah her interactions there's some sympathy in there and i'm not going to spoil the the moments because if people don't want to be spoiled it would kind of suck to just lose points in uh in the act but i was more invested and the cutscenes are good like i didn't really care about the cutscenes in three because they were kind of this like vignette sort of splashed uh ink on canvas like a comic book still sort of approach but in this one it's well animated back to like actual blizzard animations exactly yeah um because i know it doesn't look as good now but the scene in diablo 2 when um the uh who's the, the guy the guy yeah the wanderer is coming into the prison mm-hmm. to get the story um from the prisoner who is like the narrator pretty much up to that point it's like it's such a good scene and it's such a good build up and all of that it reminds me a little bit of that i'm not going to say it's equivalent but it's closer to that than diablo 2 um so i like the story graphics are amazing um i think they need to optimize some stuff though or else that might also hit them at launch for the issues you encountered, some of the stuff I encountered wasn't clear when it was when it was network when it wasn't. But yeah, like the game's really nice when it's smooth, and when it's not smooth, it's very noticeable. So fix that. Mechanically, um, though, I have to ask: Did you mm. play a Necromancer a lot in Diablo Two Days? Yes, that was like eighty percent of the time I was on Necromancer. 
Okay, so how did you feel that Necromancer is represented in this? So, I I don't know if I had any character-specific interactions as a Necromancer. I don't think they're really doing that here. Um, I do kind of miss oh, that. I don't, I don't mean that. I mean just, like, mechanically. So, like, oh, mechanically. for me, the first thing oh, I noticed okay. is, like, they don't have teeth in the same way. It feels very These smooth bone. down. Yeah, like, I understand it's still, yeah. like, a bone spell. Uh, but, like, that mm. and bone spear just felt very unimpactful. Like, I kind of feel fair. like I'm just throwing stuff out vaguely. I mean, it's yeah. nice not to have the dependency on mana potions. Because that was the thing where you just, you'd hear that sound bite over and over again as you're just mashing things. Um, so they have, this goes back to what you said with, like, the formulaic approach. That's what mm-hmm. they took for this, is every, uh, even more so than three, for good and bad, I think. Um, in Diablo 4, it's very much broken down into, you have a basic skill, which is your generator, for whatever your resources. You have core skills, which spend, and then uh, you have skills that have cooldowns, which take even more resources than your core skills. Um and sometimes they don't actually have a resource cost. There might be a tree option when you're like picking the perks for a skill that changes it from, uh, Necromancer has one that changes it from a curse that would cost resources into one that builds resources for you. Um, I think it's Decrepify or something like that. Um, hmm. But for the most part, it's like your, your, your left click is gonna be your generator, your right click is gonna be your standard spammable spender and then your hot bar is going to be full of whatever skills you kind of like whether they spend resources or they just have long cooldowns um and it seems like it's like that for everything um they're doing the blizzard thing of standardizing and streamlining that um and i don't know if i'm a huge fan of that in particular and it's pretty similar to the way it was in three but it feels even more obvious because things have keywords. Like if you do a keyword search for basic, it'll show you all the skills that are intended to be used as like your left click. If you do a keyword search for core, you'll see all the skills. That's the reason I hate that. Mm -hmm. Because like from a gameplay ability standpoint for like new people, awesome, great, very helpful of like a, here's how you learn how to do stuff. But mm. as somebody who's been playing games for a while, I don't want it to be, all right, you have to pick one of four basic spells. Which which color do you want? Oh, I pick red. Okay, that's blood instead of bone. I'm like, mm-hmm. is this really my level of customization? It's like I pick one of four things or one of three things for something. Oh, I can have skeletons. Which type of skeletons do you want? You can only have three or four skeletons unless something mm. modifies it. And I'm like, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It feels weird that I'm just doing... The customizations I feel like I'm doing do not seem to be that impactful. Okay. I definitely, I, I would definitely agree with that 100% for the early game, and I wish they introduced it more later. Later game, then you do get some more customization. So, like, talking about the skeletons in general, I do think this is the best way that they've handled summons. In Diablo 2, you needed a corpse to summon something. Uh, bring a skeleton up. Feasible, makes sense, fits the lore corpse becomes skeleton in diablo 3 i'm pretty sure you could just make them but i'm not 100 percent sure i'm pretty sure you could just like literally summon them from the earth um i know that was it that way for witch doctor necromancer wasn't added until reaper of souls and i didn't play that much after that 
in this one they're going back to the corpses but some of the generators actually have ways of like uh, if it's a channeled ability after it's channeled on an enemy for 2.5 seconds this is going to sound a little bit disgusting um like some like flesh will slough off the enemy and you can resurrect that as a skeleton and so they actually have corpse generation into the rotation of some of these classes which is super nice for bosses that's good uh primarily because one of the strongest abilities back in the diablo 2 days was fucking corpse explosion (laughs) yes barbarian had it right no 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 i think corpse explosion is necromancer potions yeah 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 there was a i think it was called loot or something but yeah basically it would expend a body for the chance of finding a potion or an item Mm -hmm. i swear casting barbarians are some of the most disgusting things i've ever seen um (laughs) but very fun but yeah, yeah it's, I just, um, I don't know. I it felt good to level up bone to like level twenty, and then when you mm-hmm. shot out your, sorry, teeth, it would send out this giant fucking shotgun wave of bones. I'm like, oh yeah. hell yeah! Like you, you felt the impact of leveling something up versus if I mm-hmm. level up the whatever little bone shards thing, mm-hmm. the damage number goes up. That's it. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, I, I saw online somewhere. I don't know what the trigger actually is, but the abilities do have different visual effects. It might be as you level up or if the skill levels up or something, it looks more dramatic and cool. Um, some of the examples were like, um, I think if the sorcerer or slash sorceress is like using a fire ability, it just looks like a flamethrower for a period yeah. of time. But if you level up a lot, it's got like blue fire in it and it's just very visibly emulating things. And as long as it looks better than fucking flamethrower and Diablo two, I feel like we're doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Like, do you remember um, Dota one when like Pudge did the hook, it was basically drawing different sprites to have like, yeah, this is yeah. a hook animation as it extends. That's what it felt like with the flames. Yeah. I mean, that's where we were at technically back then. Um, so yeah, the, the the way it works now, I agree 100%. Putting more points in a skill doesn't really feel worth it most of the time. Um, the trees split up between like passives in general that affect things, those skills, and then modification perks for the skills themselves. Those ones feel a lot better. I like those more, and I wish the game had more of them because um, that's where a, a secondary effects, such as getting the extra corpses, comes from or making it so an ability has a other secondary effect or does something cool. Um, so what you're describing to me sounds, because I have the same feeling. I would like more of the passives. Anytime mm-hmm. I play anything, I'm like, oh, I can level up something to have a 2% chance for something cool to happen. Yes, give me as many of those as possible. Love the uh-huh. RNG game. But it sounds closer to Path of Exile for where, depending on how you build it on the tree, you can have a yeah. lot of mo- passive modifiers for things. You can even change around how certain basic things work because of how deep it goes. And I like that level of possible customization. Yeah, I mean, if you're... It's not going to be anywhere near Path of Exile. This is still a vertical... It's a vertical tree with offshoots. Like, and as you add points to the tree by getting levels or whatever or completing quests that give you points, like a blood bar fills down the tree, which unlocks the other main nodes that you can explore out into. So, for example... 
if you played to like max level on the beta or really close to it you would unlock your ultimate abilities which are like high cooldown big effects i didn't use them that much honestly because i like spamming out stuff more and you only have like left click right click and i think four slots maybe five um so I was like, well, with what I have with my kit right now, I don't actually want to fit an ultimate in here. I don't want something on cooldown for 80 seconds. Um, I'm going to keep cursing people, locking them in bone cages, and also having the same button break the bone cage that is, is, is used to create it. Very nice quality of life. Unfortunately, the guy does say, like, I can't do that. It's on cooldown every time. I'm hoping they fix that. Because <laughs> every time you break the bone cage, the guy's just like, I cannot do that. Um but I think the abilities are, are, are they're good they could be better um, but going back to Diablo 2 like when you're leveling up your here's the difference I'll do a direct comparison when you're leveling up your skeletons you'd be putting points into like mages um, and as you put points in mages you can get more mages and you can get like your mages have more health they do more damage all that stuff um and they might have had like different points, one for flame, ice, frost, something like, no, not ice and frost, but lightning. I can't remember exactly. There was a way to customize them. Um, and there's pretty much an equivalent here. There's, it's called the Book of the Dead for Necromancers. Um, but as you level up, you unlock first your warrior skeletons and then your, your, um, uh, your mage skeletons, and then you get like tank skeletons, and then when you complete a class quest for uh, related to like Rathma, who's the first necromancer, you get um, your golem. And um, there's like three options, and you can just switch between them pretty much at will. But all of your <laughs> skeletons of that type will die <laughs> when you switch options, and one of them will be like. Uh, like they deal more damage or they help you generate resources or the last one is always you no longer have the ability to summon this instead your personal character gets this massive buff so i don't know exactly how you do it with how i looked at the skills but it seems like they're like you could play necromancer as a solo death knight essentially where you're just doing your own thing without pets and i'm like this is the wrong class yeah um, i don't know why you would why you do that at all <laughs> but it, it sounds kind of fun. it sounds kind of fun. Um, my standout, and I know I'm going on about this, so I'm going to cut myself off pretty soon. My standout was for the mages. Um, you could pick their uh, their element, and one of them was bone. And if you pick bone mages, they essentially like hurt themselves with every attack. But the attacks are like much stronger. Um, but they'll like literally just kill themselves so either you put somewhere else in your build a way to heal your mages or a way to generate corpses so you can just make more of them throughout the fight but like if you're doing your own thing dodging boss attacks there is a dodge button now which is nice i think just monks basically had that before um you kind of have more building stuff to play around with and i appreciate that um overall i really like it it's got a lot of the improvements from three. It's got the transmog system. You can steal the legendary affixes off of legendaries and put it on a different item, which is really nice because it kind of sucked in the past to roll something that was a legendary, but like everything that was not the legendary effect was garbage. Yeah. And you're like, ah, now you can just be like, I'm going to spend a bit of money, take that and then put it on my good amulet over here. And now it's an amazing amulet. 
So I did like that part of three. I think it was yeah. the Herodric cube or related to the Herodric cube. Yeah, they had some way where you could like learn them forever, I think. And I can't remember, I can't recall exactly how that scaled. Um, but yeah, they've kind of expanded on that for four um, by making it the, I think maybe what you could do is you could re-roll that legendary at whatever your level was um, in the future for like a resource cost. And this one, you literally just take the text and you're like, put it on a different item. So that's nice. Um, I have good impressions. I think it'll be good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, don't pre-order games anymore <laughs> and you can't be disappointed. <laughs> so, um, I realized I could go on and on cause I did put a fair amount of time into it, but it's, uh, you can, you can check out other reviews and previews and stuff. There's a lot of stuff out there for it. Um, the last thing I would say that's meta good for Blizzard, not specifically for this, but letting people play your game months ahead, months ahead. of launch is a great sign for that game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys can literally hear Dave take his, his headset off. I could hear it too. Um, which means that we are at time. So uh, if you guys have suggestions about things to talk about that's not Diablo 4, you can feel free to send those in to soapstonepodcast at gmail.com or you can join the discussion on Facebook at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good night.